Oh, hi, and welcome. Are you ready to fall fast asleep? Okay, but this time, let's do it with seasonal stories. It is the season of Thanksgiving, and, well, if you're listening to this in 2020, you know that most of us understand this will not be a year to celebrate closely with all family members. Okay, we chose a sweet little story by John Townsend Trowbridge for this episode to illustrate the importance of family to all of us. Oh yes, and (laughs) please forgive us, but we also included at the end of this episode a silly little tale by Chris Francis, and it is silly. So let's do this. Let's tuck in and enjoy first Bert's Thanksgiving, followed by Pancake Turkey. At noon, on a dreary November day, a lonesome little fellow stood at the door of a cheap eating house in Boston and offered a solitary copy of a morning paper for sale to the people passing. But, well, there were really not many people passing for it was Thanksgiving day and the shops were shut. And everybody who had a home to go to and a dinner to eat seemed to have gone home. Bert Hampton, the newsboy, stood trying in vain to sell the last extra left on his hands by the dull business of the morning. An old man with a face that looked pinched and who was dressed in a seedy black coat, stopped at the same doorway and with one hand on the latch, he appeared to hesitate between hunger and a sense of poverty before going in. It was possible, however, that he was considering whether he could afford himself the indulgence of a morning paper, seeing it was Thanksgiving Day, so at least Bert thought, and he addressed him accordingly. Buy a paper, sir. All about the fire in East Boston and arrest of safe burglars in Springfield, only two cents. The little old man looked at the boy with keen gray eyes, which seemed to light up the pinched look of his face, and he answered in a shrill voice. Oh, well, you ought to come down in your price this time of day. You can't expect to sell a morning paper at Twelve o'clock for full price. Well, give me a cent then, said Bert. But that's less than cost. Ah, never mind. I'm bound to sell out anyhow. You look cold, said the old man. Cold, replied Bert. I'm nearly froze, and I want my dinner. And I'm going to have a big dinner, too, seeing it's Thanksgiving Day. Oh, well... Lucky for you, my boy, said the old man. You've a home to go to and friends, too, I hope. No, sir, no home, no friend, only my mother. Bert hesitated and grew serious and then suddenly changed his tone. And Hop Houghton, I told him to meet me here and we'd have a first-rate Thanksgiving dinner together for... (laughs) It's no fun eating alone on Thanksgiving Day. It sets a fellow thinking, 
if he ever had a home and then hasn't got a home anymore. Mm, it's more lonesome not to eat at all, said the old man, his gray eyes twinkling. And what can a boy like you have to think of? Here, I guess I can find one cent for you, though there's nothing in the paper I know. The old man spoke with some feeling. His fingers trembled, and somehow he dropped two cents instead of one into Bert's hand. Oh, here, you made a mistake, cried Bert. A bargain's a bargain. You've given me a cent too much. No, I didn't. I never give anybody a cent too much. But see here, and Bert showed the two cents, offering to return one. Oh, no matter said the old man. It'll be much less for my dinner, that's all. Bert had instinctively pocketed the pennies, but his sympathies were excited. Poor old man, he thought. He's seen better days, I guess. Perhaps he's got no home. A boy like me, I, I can stand it, but I guess it must be hard for him. He meant to give me the odd scent all the while, and I don't believe he's had a decent dinner for many a day. All this, which I have been obliged to write out slowly in words, went through Bert's mind like a flash. He was a generous little fellow, and any kindness shown him, no matter how trifling, made his heart overflow. Now look here, he cried, where are you going to get your dinner today? Well, I can get a bite here as well as anywhere. It, it don't matter much to me, replied the old man. Well, come, eat dinner with me, said Bert. I'd like to have you. Oh, I'm afraid I couldn't afford to dine as you're going to do, said the old man with a smile, his eyes twinkling again. I'll pay for your dinner, Bert exclaimed. Come. We don't have a Thanksgiving but once a year, and a fellow wants a good time then. Oh, well, you're waiting for another boy. Oh, Hop Houghton? Well, he won't come now. It's too late. He's gone to a place down in North Street, I guess. A place I don't like. There's so much tobacco smoked and so much beer drank there. Bert cast a final glance up the street, but could see nothing of his friend. No. He won't come now. So much the worse for him. You know, he likes the men down there, and I just don't. Oh, said the man, taking off his hat and giving it a brush with his elbow as they entered the restaurant, as if trying to appear as respectable as he could in the eyes of a newsboy of such fastidious tastes. To make him feel quite comfortable in his mind on that point, Bert hastened to say, I mean rowdies and such. Poor people, if they behave themselves, are just as respectable to me as rich folks. <laughs> I ain't at all aristocratic. Oh, indeed. And the old man smiled again and seemed to look relieved. Well, I'm very glad to hear it. He placed his hat on the floor and took a seat opposite Bert at a little table which they had all to themselves. Bert offered him the bill of fare. Oh, well, I must ask you to choose for me, 
Nothing very extravagant. You know, I'm used to plain fare. Well, so am I, but I'm going to have a dinner for once in my life, and so are you, cried Bert generously. What do you say to chicken soup and wind up with a big piece of squash pie? Now, how's that for a Thanksgiving dinner? Oh, sumptuous, said the old man, appearing to glow with the warmth of the room and the prospect of a good dinner. But now won't it cost you too much? Too much? No, sir, said Bert. Chicken soup, 15 cents. Pie, oh, and they give tremendous big pieces here. Thick, I tell you. 10 cents. That's 25 cents. Half a dollar for two. Of course, now I don't do this every day in the year, but mother is glad to have me once in a while. Here, waiter. And Bert gave his princely order as if it were no very great thing for a liberal young fellow like him, after all. Where is your mother? Why don't you take your dinner with her? The little man asked. And with this, Bert's face grew sober. Well, that's the question. Why don't I? And I'll tell you why I don't. I've got the best mother in the world. What I'm trying to do is make a home for her so we can live together and eat our Thanksgiving dinners together. Sometime. Some boys want one thing, some another. There's one goes in for good time. Good times all the time. Another is in such a hurry to get rich, he don't much care how he does it. But what I want most of anything is to be with my mother and my two sisters again. Well, I'm not ashamed to say so. Bert's eyes grew very tender, and he went on while his companion across the table watched him with a very gentle, searching look. Now, I haven't been with her for two years, hardly at all since, well, since father died. When his business was settled up, you know, he kept a little hosiery store on Hanover Street. It was found he hadn't left us anything. We had lived pretty well up to that time, and I and my sisters, why, we'd been to school. But then mother had to do something, and her friends got her places to go out nursing. Well, she's a nurse now. Everybody likes her, and she has enough to do. We couldn't be with her, of course, so she got us boarded at a good place, but I saw how hard it was going to be for her to support us, so I said, I'm a boy. I can do something for myself. You just pay the board for the girls and keep them in school, and I'll go to work and maybe help you a little besides taking care of myself. Well, well, what could you do? said the little old man. Well, that's it. I was only 11 years old, and what could I do? What I should have liked would have been some nice place where I could do light work and stand a chance of learning a good business, but, well, beggars mustn't be choosers. I couldn't find such a place, and 
I wasn't going to be loafing about the streets. So I went to selling newspapers. Well, I've sold newspapers ever since, and I shall be 12 years old next month. Oh, well, do you like it? said the old man. I, I like to get my own living, replied Bert proudly. But what I want is, I want to learn some trade or regular business and settle down and make a home for my mother. There's no use talking about that. Well, now I've told all about myself, added Bert. Now, suppose you tell me something. Oh, about myself? Yes, that would go pretty well with the pie. But the old man shook his head. I, I could go back and tell you about many of my plans and high hopes when I was a lad of your age. But it'd be too much like your own story over again. Life, well, life isn't what we think it'll be when we're young. You'll find that out soon enough. I am all alone in the world now and, well, I'm nearly 70 years old. But it must be so lonely at your age. What do you do for a living? Well, I've got this little place over in Devonshire Street. Oh, my name is Crooker. Why, you can find me up two flights of stairs, back room at the right. You come and see me and I'll I'll tell you all about my business, and perhaps you might like to see the place. I, I, I know several businessmen that I could help you with. Don't fail me now. And Mr. Crooker wrote his address with a little stub of a pencil on a corner of the newspaper, which had led to their acquaintance, and he tore it off carefully and gave it to Bert. Thereupon the latter took a card from his pocket and handed it across the table to his new friend. The old man read the card with sharp gray eyes, which glowed up funnily at Bert, seeming to say, isn't this rather aristocratic for a 12-year-old newsboy? Bert blushed and explained, <laughs> yeah, I got, up for me by, I got that up for me by a printer's boy I know. I had done some favors for him, and so he made me a few cards. Handy to have some time, you know. Well, Herbert, said the old man, I'm glad to make your acquaintance. And I hope you'll come and see me. You'll find me in very humble quarters. But you're not aristocratic, you say? Now, won't you let me pay for my dinner? I believe I have enough money. Let me see. And he put his hand in his pocket, but Bert would not hear of such a thing. He walked right up to the desk and settled the bill with the air of a person who did not regard a trifling expense. When he looked around again, why, the little old man was gone. Now mind, I'll go and see him the first chance I have, said Bert, as he looked at the penciled strip of newspaper margin again before putting it into his pocket. He then went round to his miserable quarters in the top of a cheap lodging house and prepared himself at once to go and see his mother. Now he could not afford to ride and it was a long walk, at least five miles 
to the place where his mother was nursing. On the following Monday, Bert, having a leisure hour, went to call on his new acquaintance in Devonshire Street. Having climbed the two flights, he found the door of the back room at the right ajar, and looking in, saw Mr. Crooker at a desk in the act of receiving a roll of money from a well-dressed visitor. Bert entered unnoticed and waited till the money was counted and a receipt signed. Then, as the visitor departed, Mr. Crook noticed the lad, offered him a chair, and then turned to place the money in the safe. So this is your place of business, said Bert, glancing about the plain office room. What do you do here? Well, I buy real estate, sometimes sell, sometimes rent, and so forth. Oh, well, who for? asked Bert. Well, for myself, said the old gentleman with a smile. Bert started, perfectly aghast at this situation. This, then, was the man whom he had invited to dinner and treated so patronizingly the preceding Thursday. Well, I, I, I thought you were a poor man. Well, I am a poor man, said Mr. Crooker locking his safe. Money doesn't make a man rich. I've money enough. I own houses in the city, and they give me something to think of, and so keep me alive. I've had truer riches once, but I lost them years ago. From the way the old man's voice trembled and his eyes glistened, Bert thought he must have meant by these riches, the friends he had lost, maybe a wife and children. To think of me inviting you to dinner, he said, abashed and ashamed. Well, it was odd, but it may turn out to have been a lucky circumstance for both of us. You see, I like you, I believe in you, and I have an offer to make you. I want a trusty, bright boy in this office. Somebody I can bring up to my business and leave it with as I get too old to attend to it myself. So what do you say? Well, what could Bert say? Again, that afternoon, Bert walked, or rather ran, to his mother. And after consulting with her, he joyfully accepted Mr. Crooker's offer. Now interviews between his mother and his employer followed. The lonely, childless old man who owned so many houses just wanted a home, and one of these houses he offered to Mrs. Hampton with ample support for herself and children if she would also make it a home for him. Of course, this proposition was accepted, and Bert soon had the satisfaction of seeing the great ambition of his life accomplished. He had employment, which promised to become a profitable business, as indeed it did in a few years. The old man and the lad 
proved useful to each other. And more than that, Bert was united once more with his mother and sisters in a happy home where he has since had many Thanksgiving dinners. And if you're not asleep yet, let pancake turkey do the job. Early one morning, Farmer Francis set out to feed his turkeys. He was the owner of a tiny little turkey farm in Burlington, Ontario. He was the poorest man in all the land, but he was happy. He had lots of work to do every day, and most importantly, he had to feed his turkeys. When he walked into his tiny little barn, oh, he noticed something very strange. One of his turkeys was as flat as a pancake. He thought that perhaps the other turkeys were stealing his food, so Farmer Francis put the flat turkey into a separate room so that he could eat by himself. The next day, Farmer Francis set out again to feed his turkeys. When he arrived to the barn, he noticed that the flat turkey was even flatter. He was still as flat as a pancake. I'm gonna call you Mr. Pancake Turkey, said Farmer Francis to the flat turkey. But I'm also gonna make you all plump and ready for Thanksgiving. Gobble, gobble, replied Mr. Pancake Turkey. Farmer Francis placed twice as much feed into Mr. Pancake Turkey's feeder and set out to take care of the other turkeys. The next day, Farmer Francis set out again to feed his turkeys. He went in to check on Mr. Pancake Turkey to see if he'd gained any weight. Oh. To Farmer Francis's dismay, Mr. Pancake Turkey was still flat, but all of the food was gone. Why aren't you getting plump? Farmer Francis said, frustrated. Replied Mr. Pancake Turkey. Farmer Francis decided to take Mr. Pancake Turkey to the doctor. My turkey won't get plump. Can you help? Pleaded. Farmer Francis to the doctor. Well, replied the doctor, there is one thing you can do. You can eat with your turkey to make sure he's eating all of his food. Oh, yeah, that's a good idea, replied Farmer Francis. Replied Mr. Pancake Turkey. That evening, Farmer Francis bought or brought Mr. Pancake Turkey inside his house to eat with him and his wife. What on earth are you doing bringing a turkey into the dining room? bellowed Mrs. Farmer Francis. I need to make sure that he eats and will be plump for Thanksgiving, said Farmer Francis. He's too flat. Well, he looks as flat as a pancake, said Mrs. Farmer Francis. Yes, he does, replied Farmer Francis. Gobble, gobble replied Mr. Pancake Turkey. Mr. Pancake Turkey ate 
everything that Mrs. Farmer Francis and Farmer Francis fed him. He ate baked beans, broccoli, carrots, squash, corn on the cob, and mashed potatoes. Well, he ate and ate and ate and ate, but he still didn't get any plumper. Not one little bit. Oh, what am I going to do with you? asked Farmer Francis. Gobble, gobble, replied Mr. Pancake Turkey. Farmer Francis thought he should take Mr. Pancake Turkey to the zoo. He didn't have any other animals on his tiny farm, and he figured he could show him how other animals lived. He thought he would show him the fattest and plumpest animals, hoping that this would inspire Mr. Pancake Turkey. He showed him the hippos, the elephants, the pigs, and the largest bird in all the land, the ostrich. You need to get nice and big like these animals, demanded Farmer Francis. Gobble, gobble, replied Mr. Pancake Turkey. Mr. Pancake Turkey still didn't get any bigger, so Farmer Francis decided to take him to a pumpkin pie-eating contest. They watched as all the contestants ate as much pumpkin pie as they could. Mm. And the person who could eat the most would win a trophy. The biggest man in all the land was there, and he ate 15 pumpkin pies. You need to eat like him, said Farmer Francis. Gobble, gobble, replied Mr. Pancake Turkey. Farmer Francis simply couldn't win. Mr. Pancake Turkey just wouldn't get any bigger. He didn't know what to do. Well, why don't you take him to the circus, suggested Mrs. Farmer Francis one day. No one has ever seen a flat turkey before. Farmer Francis thought it was a great idea and decided to take Mr. Pancake Turkey to the circus. Well, now everyone was amazed to see such a strange and peculiar looking turkey. And it wasn't long before word got out and people started coming from all over the country to see Farmer Francis's special turkey. He became the most famous man in all the land. <laughs> I am going to be rich, chanted Farmer Francis. <laughs> replied Mr. Pancake Turkey. Farmer Francis made so much money. Well, he decided to sell his farm and all of his turkeys. He began traveling around the country, showing everyone how special his flat turkey was. Mm. And he bought himself a new truck, an airplane, and a boat so that he could go anywhere he pleased. It wasn't long before Mr. Farmer Francis was the wealthiest man in all the land. Why, he bought a mansion for Mrs. Farmer Francis, and a big barn just for his flat turkey. He had everything he could have possibly dreamed. 
I have everything I could have ever imagined. Yes, you do, said Mrs. Farmer Francis. Gobble, gobble, replied Mr. Pancake Turkey. But it wasn't long before, well, people started growing bored of seeing a flat turkey. Farmer Francis tried desperately to put him on TV shows or in the movies or in commercials, but to no avail. He soon had to sell his truck, his airplane, and his boat. He could no longer afford to live in that big mansion, so he had to sell that too. He even had to get rid of the big barn. Farmer Francis had nothing. Oh, what am I going to do? cried Farmer Francis. I don't know, said Mrs. Farmer Francis. Gobble, gobble, replied Mr. Pancake Turkey. Farmer Francis realized that he got too greedy. He tried to be somebody he was not. He tried to turn Mr. Pancake Turkey into somebody he was not either. Now he was a farmer. And that was what he knew how to be. He decided to go back to his little turkey farm and try to start over again. Farmer Francis didn't need to make Mr. Pancake Turkey plump, and he didn't need to make lots of money. He just needed to be happy. And being a turkey farmer was what he knew best, and that made him happy. Well, by Thanksgiving Day, Farmer Francis owned his farm again. Well, and instead of having turkey for dinner, he decided to have all the turkeys over for Thanksgiving dinner. Ah, this is the best Thanksgiving ever, sang Farmer Francis. Yes, it is, replied Mrs. Farmer Francis. <laughs> replied Mr. Pancake Turkey. Good night.